0: we are working through our Lenten series on Lazarus. Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus, sent word to Jesus that their brother was sick and dying. Jesus sent word back that he was not coming just yet, and he waited two days to go back to Bethany. By that time, Lazarus had been dead for four days. If you remember, Jesus, before he Went, he said that this sickness would not end in death, but used for God's glory. Last week we were we explored Martha's reaction, and this week we are going to take a look at Mary's reaction. Here it is. Comes from John chapter eleven, verses twenty-eight through thirty-two. and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So when we looked at Martha's reaction last week, We're going to look at Mary's reaction. Martha's reaction was one of disappointment, but faith that Jesus could do something. And Mary's is similar. Uh, Mary is forced to go see Jesus, and her response was, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary was extremely disappointed with Jesus. I remember of being disappointed for a period of two years it was in 94 and 95 I watched the New York Yankees in the playoffs for the first time in my life you see the only thing about me being here and nobody else is here the only thing that might be a little bit good literally not that good is that when I mention the Yankees I don't get groans everywhere. I don't get it. Um, However to be honest I would pay to hear those groans right now. So I grew up in the 80s and and I say this because the 80s Yankees stunk. They stunk. Uh, Players like Jesse Barfield and Kevin Moss and Mike Pagliarulo. You don't know any of these names because the 1980s Yankees stunk. Uh, one name you might know is Tommy John. And the only, no, the only reason you would know the name Tommy John is because he's known for the Tommy John surgery on the elbow. He was the first one to get that. So literally, uh, one of the most famous names in the 1980s for, for Yankees baseball is a guy who's known for uh, a physical ailment, uh, an injury, and a surgery that he got. Um, in 1994 they were finally good. Uh, they were beating everyone and I remember checking the newspaper every day and seeing their name at the top of the standings and for so long I remember them being the, the third name on, in the standings in their division. But they were first for most of the season. And oh man, this is this was great. I was twelve years old at the time and I was loving it. Finally, finally, the Yankees are good. And then I get the word that there's this thing coming around called a strike. I had no idea what that was. And, I remember talking with my friend, Dave, and we were looking in the newspaper and we were seeing the standings of the Yankees being right on top. And then we're talking about, what's a strike? I don't, What is a strike? What, what does that mean? And then there was a long time of waiting to see if the Yankees or anybody would play baseball again. And then they didn't. They canceled the whole season. But they were finally good. They were going to make the playoffs. And it's just canceled. In 1995 they were good again and they finally made the playoffs. They actually made the playoffs and in the first round they were going to play the Seattle Mariners. Now to tell you something of the 1980s there was one bright spot in all of the 1980s baseball and that was my idol. My favorite baseball player Don Mattingly. I mean, he was my idol. I had posters of him everywhere. I had my friend, uh, his dad painted me this picture. I still have the picture. I mean, I wore eye black just like Don Mattingly. I love Don Mattingly. In fact, when, when Nikki and I got married, she, she wanted a cat. And I said, oh, that's fine. We'll, we'll get a cat. Well, that's, that's OK. And then she said, no, I want two cats. And I said, no, 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 I'm not OK with two cats. One was fine, but, but not, just not two. And she said, and I said, you know what? You can, we'll, we'll get two cats, but I get the naming rights. Yep, I get the naming rights. And I named them Don and Mattingly. The cat's name were Don and Mattingly. In 1995. Don Mattingly, the final year he played baseball, right before he was retiring, he played in his first playoff series. The first game they were down and they were losing and Don Mattingly, boom, hits a home run. I mean it was awesome. Everything, it was crazy. I remember being so excited. The second game, the second game, boom, he hits a home run again and they won again they won two games. Now they had three games to win it out. They all they had to do was win one of those three games. And I remember saying that this is in the bag. We got this. We're going on to the championship series. This is awesome. Game three the Yankees lost. Well we got two more. We'll be fine. In game four they lost the, that one, too. Then game five, they're, they're winning. Most of the game, they're, they're winning. But the Seattle Mariners came back. And I remember Ken Griffey Jr. sliding across home plate. And the Yankees lost. You want to see a 13-year-old cry? That was it. I was so disappointed. Maybe you have been disappointed lately. I have spoken to several of you who are abruptly out of work, people who work hard day in and day out, and now they can't work. And that is disappointing. I know a couple that were supposed to get married today, and they have no idea when their, their wedding will be or when they'll get married. <clears throat> there are people who have been dedicating their their lives to something, and now that should be going on right now, and it's not. There are little disappointments, and then there are big disappointments. There are people who have loved ones that are sick or have passed away. They're asking the same thing as Mary: "If you are here, Lord." My brother, my my sister, my father, they would not have died. Disappointment really captures Mary and Martha. They had such faith that Jesus was going to do something. He was going to come back and he was going to heal their brother. They had hoped that Jesus would not let them experience this pain. That's why they sent word for him. I think about pain and we spend our whole lives trying to avoid pain. I think about this kind of pain that we have been going through and I'd never experienced pain or fear or panic on a global level like this before. It's big. I walked in the store the other day and I'm walking around and I, I just decided that I was going to look at people's faces. Try to feel what they were feeling. And all I felt was fear. I saw it. Fear and pain. That's what people are experiencing right now. You and I could say to Jesus, Why would you let us go through this kind of pain? He let Mary and Martha go through the pain. That's the problem of pain. If God could save us from it, why does he let us go through it? Mary's response, if if you were here, my brother would not have died, is really interesting. In fact, both of their comments were really interesting. Neither of them said, Jesus, you failed me. I give up on you. They didn't say that. They still had faith that Jesus could do something amazing. When Jesus arrived at the house of Mary and Martha, Mary came out right to Jesus. We saw this last week, but, but Mar- oh, Martha came out right to Jesus. But Mary, she stayed back with the mourners who were trying to comfort her. But Mary, when she heard that Jesus was asking for her, she ran out. What's important to see here is it's not the comfort that Jesus is bringing. He does bring that, but it's not the comfort here in that passage. Jesus came in this passage to bring life. That's what he's doing. A couple of weeks ago, we did an Ash Wednesday service here. I told you that Lent was all about realizing how mortal we are, that we can die, that we constantly are always being God in our own lives and saying, no, that wouldn't happen to me. I have control of this. You know, that wouldn't happen to the United States. We're too, we're too great. But here we are. We're stuck right in the middle of pain. This is Lent. I don't know about you, but I, I can't watch the news anymore. I can't watch Facebook or look at Twitter or, or read the newspaper without A big disappointment. I just keep hoping that something, every time I grab my phone, will be some kind of different news. Good news. Uh, I woke up the other day and and I actually thought that this was all a dream. That's what it feels like right now. Maybe it feels like that to you. I literally thought that this was all a dream. But it wasn't. I have to be honest with you uh, this week has been uh, pretty stressful um, we, uh, I've been constantly in talks with other pastors of, of trying to set up uh, live streaming and figure out um, how to connect with, with people in the church and and, and and everybody is who you know not very technological are, are, are trying to figure out how to be uh, technological and, and and get people in their churches connected through live streaming or videos or, or however. And, uh, I saw one thing, and this was actually pretty funny, and it was a picture of Forrest Gump, and he was talking, and it said, and just like that, we were all televangelists. And that's all my friends are pastors, they're all televangelists on, on, on being broadcast now, which is, which is interesting. Um, Barry up here has been working nonstop to get our, our live streaming, and, and things are sometimes out of our control. Um, you know, I remember this whole week, I got to a point where I was so worried and so stressed, and I had a wake-up call saying, um, your mind is in the wrong place. And I thought about it. I was like, no, it's not in the wrong place. I'm trying to do all of these things. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do These are for good reasons. And then I thought about it. I'm trying to do this. And I'm trying to do this. And I'm trying to do this. What I'm not doing is trusting. What I'm not doing is giving it to God. I'm trying to control all of it. Lent is all about throwing your, your body towards the feet of Jesus and just trusting. Just like Mary did, saying, I can't do anything, but you can, Lord. I don't know if, if you have been trying to control things lately, but if we have learned anything, a virus is not something that we can control. The truth is, and are you ready for this one? We have never been in control of anything in our lives, ever. What Lent is, is staring into the future, knowing that the sun will rise like it always Knowing that there, there may be more pain ahead of us. We may experience more pain than we will than we are right now. Lent ends with the ultimate pain. Jesus, the Savior of the world, the one who went and sat and laughed with children, who healed sick people, who went to the people that nobody else was going to and taught people how much. God loves them, that God doesn't hate them, that God loves them. Lent ends with that man being nailed to a cross and dying. So could we have more pain? Yes, hopefully not. But remember, in the beginning of this series, Jesus said, this will not end in death the sun will rise the son of god will rise i'm asking you to pause right now i'm going to do something i i've never done before but i'm going to ask you to close your eyes so do that i want to do an exercise with you maybe you have been very stressed lately and anxious I ask you to breathe in through your nose, see your belly rise, breathe out through your mouth, see your belly deflate, keep doing that, breathe in through your nose, and out through your mouth. In through your nose and out through your mouth. Imagine you're in a dark field. It's cold. You are scared. You look around and there is no one. But then you see something. In the distance, a sliver of hope, it's a little light. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. The sun is rising. You wait longer, and the the sun rises some more. You are still cold. But you're no longer thinking about being scared. Breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. No longer are you thinking about being alone. The sun, it rises more. And now you are starting to feel the warmth from it. And it rises more. And then you're just basking in those rays as the sun rises and the sun rises and the sun rises and it rises some more. You and me sit in darkness right now. But we know that the sun will rise like it always does. In Lent. We look to the cross. We look to the pain that we may experience over the next couple weeks or even longer. We have to go through it. But on the other side of the darkness is the light of Jesus. Jesus is not here just to bring comfort. He's not here just to be one who says, there, there, it'll be okay. Jesus comes to bring life. And as we look onto the horizon and the future, guess what? God is already there. He already knows what it looks like. He knows when this will end. And he's also right here as we walk through this disappointment that we are feeling. He is saying, I am with you. I will always be with you.